All right, lads, welcome back to me podcast, Cheaper Than Therapy. Dropping out more podcasts, as I promised, extra podcasts with funny, funny people, interesting people. That's the goal. Uh, hope you're doing well. Hope you're surviving. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sharing, liking, commenting. Uh, any emails, concerns, you know, send them on over to my Instagram page, Mick Thomas Comedy. Uh, I think I'll do next week's episode where I just answer questions. I'll just answer any kind of questions. So send them over and I'll spend one whole episode on just questions. That's my uh, that's my goal. But for now, I am joined by a very good friend of mine. Uh, funny guy, funny guy, nice guy. And uh, there's a lot of education in the room right now. And uh, I'm going to talk to my good buddy, Mr. Tom Murphy, everybody. Hi, Tom. Hey, on? thanks, bud. Thanks for having me on. No, it's, man, uh, thanks so much. Excited to be here. During this time, uh, I mean, it, I always said, like, I'll bring a guest on, right? And I'll go, like... You know, I'm not going to talk about this. But then that's all that's going on, right? Because we just talked about stand-up and about, like, when, let's say this stopped in two weeks' time, right? That's been basically a month of this. So what comic is going to come out with, like, it's going to be every comic is going to do quarantine material, regardless, right? And sure. it's going to be, like, Trump material. Whereas, and again, I have to always state that I'm not political. But it's going to be, like... uh once you've heard one Trump joke, you've heard them all. Oh, yeah. Right? And so it's like once you hear one isolation joke, you're going to hear it all. So it really is kind of... And then when you come out, what I'm going to say, so the other night I met with my kids at the, at the, at the movies. And I'd be like, no, you weren't. No, you right? were quarantined. You're lying. You were quarantined. You were so, home with your wife and you hate her and you were yeah, stuck there. it's life, that's man. And that's, that's, and that's what's going to fucking... That's what's, what it's going to be. So, um, But you, uh, I don't want to mention the airline. You're an airline pilot. That's correct. Not just I'm, like for a little fucking shitty rinky-dink, let me deliver no. some stuff to Connecticut from New York. No. You're on a fully-fledged national airline. What size planes do you fly? The big boys. Uh, the planes that I fly seat between 150 and 200 people, but... Uh, Jesus, man. There's not that many people on them lately. I'll tell you that. That's the thing. So uh, do you think... What do you guys do now? Do you guys... And again, I don't want you to mention the company. Sure. Just in case. This is not sure. sanctioned for this company. But do you guys see just less flights going out now? Or do you guys still try to operate as normal and let's see what happens? No. Uh, the airlines, and uh, not just mine, are definitely reducing capacity lately. They're, they're canceling flights that have lighter loads on them, loads of uh, passengers. Um, and, oh, uh, do you have to clarify that? Yeah. You know, just... <laughs> Just in case, I know it's a, I know it's a broad uh, audience out there, not just females, a broad audience, males and females. Um, so yes, um, in the airline business, they call that load factor. That's the amount of people on board okay. as a percentage uh, of the entire airplane. So if the airplane holds 200 people and there's 100 people on board the flight, that's a load factor of 50. Uh, lately, our load factors are in the low to mid 40s on average. Some okay. flights are lower than that and some flights are higher than that. What's the minimum amount of people you will fly with? Um, well, we have sometimes flights that are called repositioning flights. Uh, and yesterday and today was a... Well, this morning was a good example. I started my morning in uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico. We flew uh, empty uh, okay. on a repositioning flight from San Juan to Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic. Okay. The government of the Dominican Republic is allowing... Uh, people to be flown out of the country. Uh, now, when you say fl flying out of the country, who's as like are the locals? Like I don't want to say the Dominicans. I think they, I think non-citizens they want okay. out of the country. So if I was Dominican so. and said I'm going to jump on that plane and go back to New York with these guys, would I be allowed to go? If you're Dominican, you want to leave the country? Yeah. Yes, you could go. Okay. But okay. Let's just say you went on vacation a few days ago in Dominican, and now the government has issued this order. 
you would have okay. to leave the country. And so uh, the airlines are not allowed to fly people into non-citizens into the country, to my knowledge, but they could fly people out of the country. And that's precisely what we did today. So our flight leaving the Dominican was full. As a matter that, of fact. And that's not your concern, right? You don't have to police who gets on a plane. That's no. I mean, there's there's a lot of le- a lot of layers, a lot of uh, levels of trust in the airline business. Um, my job is to operate the plane safely from point A to point B. That's it. You don't care. I mean, that's the it. most simplistic way to. You don't care for that con air. <laughs> yeah. No. Remember that movie? I do. I do. It's, it's not my favorite Nick Cage movie, but Just, I remember. Uh, my favorite is Face Off, and there was airplanes in that one too. Yeah. Yeah. Take off now. The face like off. A terrorist. The mask. Yeah. Um, so, but okay, you've no, but like if you got on a plane that's full of prisoners, you don't give a shit. Your just job is to get from A to B. Well, our company is, we don't transport prisoners at all. That's okay. like in our yeah, op yeah. specs. I mean, I obviously went for I'd a, hate to be boring. I went for a bad joke, of course. No, 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 that's, that's, that's okay. No, that's you're fine. No, your jokes are terrific. You know, so, <laughs> you know that. Your audience knows that. So, um, so what's the gen, like, are people allow, are people, especially the stewardess, is that the correct word? Because you, you can't say, What's the politically correct term? If I tell you what we call them, that will give away where I work, which sure, is fine. Sure, but, sure, um, I'd rather not, just in case I say something that... Some places refer to them as flight attendants. Some places refer to them... Uh, nobody, no, no airlines refer to them as stewardesses anymore. Okay. Um, some companies call them in-flight crew members. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, it's, it's a bit long. Bad. It's not it's bad. A it's wordy. a little wordy. Yeah, the but it's, tag is a bit it's long. very PC. Yeah, yeah. Very warm and fuzzy. It is. Um... In private aviation, they're called cabin attendants because they're not a required cabin crew member. attendant. Cabin attendant. Cabin attendant. Cabin attendant. I don't like that yeah, one. I don't know. I don't like that one. So, what's their feeling about it all? Like, are they nervous to fly? I mean, they can't call. Can they call out? Not sick, but well, certainly, if you're not feeling well now more than ever, you should not be going to work. Don't come to work. That's that's very very prevalent across right. our industry. Right. So. You know, uh, certainly I would say that they are more exposed than the pilots are. I mean, the pilots go into the cockpit or the flight deck to be PC. And we close the door and we're up there. You know, we've got Clorox wipes. They've got Clorox wipes. You know, we've, uh, at my company, we've amended our in-flight service to uh, minimize some uh, person-to-person contact. You know, less of it. We're not serving as many snacks as we used to serve. um, Not as many beverages as we used to serve. Um, we used to have a hot towel service on our flights. They're not doing that anymore. I, don't, I see why, yeah. That's... So, you know, the, we're, we're doing what we can. What about the guys, like, throwing the bags onto the plane? Like, the what are they called? The, the baggage crew, I guess? Yeah, yeah. I, I, the <laughs> ground ops crew members, I'm not okay. really sure. You know, the guys throwing the bags. That's a, that's a tough job. Um, you know, I don't know. Every, everyone's definitely, you know, washing their hands more and sanitizing, which is kind of, you know... I'm kind of pathetic, maybe, if we weren't doing it enough to, to yeah, begin with. Sad, I'm not I speaking s- for myself, obviously. But. I said that last week when before like the shit really hit the fan, right? I was like, when, when the president came on and he was like, just wash your hands. just wash. And I was like, isn't it? We're all fucked if the president has to come on television and goes, guys, can you be cleaner? Just be cleaner, for fuck's sake. You should all wash your hands. I know about washing hands. Yeah, I'm the yeah. best at washing, the best hands. washing hands. Nobody knows how to wash hands like I know how to wash hands. I'll tell you how to wash hands. Dr. Fauci doesn't even know how to wash hands. I know how to wash the hands, okay? <laughs> That's actually good. Yeah, not bad. So, uh, but, but like the, across the airline like that, though, so if people call out sick, is there a certain number that you can fly with, like with, with a crew? 
Uh, yeah, the, I mean, there's always three to four uh, flight attendants on the plane All right. and two pilots. Um, so there's plenty of reserve crew members uh, available to fill in a trip if somebody were to call out sick. Okay. So, And what's the least number you guys will fly with? Did I ask this already? Oh, yeah. I mean, single digits. I mean, if... Really? You know, and, and, and it's not always that simple because a lot of times it's not about just where the plane is going. It's where it's going... On the subsequent oh, legs, you know, it needs there. to be in position for, the, that, for yeah. the next trip or, you know, down the line. I mean, a, a plane could start in New York and go down to Orlando. Uh, then they just might Boston, need to plan Texas, for Texas or Long Beach, there. California. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's not just about the one flight. It's very much a big picture. You know, I never thought after you said it. I always used to think that as like, why really we're going to fly? Because I remember I flew. I can't remember where I was. It was last year. And I went, fuck, where was it? I could have been Orlando maybe. Um, I flew by myself, but I remember like, getting on the plane and I don't want to mention the company because it's who you work for. <laughs> <laughs> so I got on, I got on the plane and, and the guy came over and he's like, look at this, this is not full at all. And I looked around and there must have been maybe, maybe nine, maybe 19 people, right? <laughs> I don't know why I didn't say 20. I may have been an arsehole now. <laughs> and... They were like, can you, they said the one, like, can you move over to that side of the plane for, like, for, wait, wait, uh, what's the word? Was uh, it Keanu Reeves telling you to do that? No, I don't know. <laughs> what, was the, what was the weight distribution? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of said to the guys, like, like, really? Like, him sitting over there really determines if this plane goes or not? Is that really, like, if you had 20 people on that plane and we all sat on the, on the right-hand side, are we just going to Canada? Honestly, there's there's other people that kind of crunch those numbers, and they 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 send them to us. If the solution, if it's a valid solution, we go fly. If it's not, then we, you know, yeah. Run, but do you run feel, the numbers again? But do you feel if that that group of guys, like if they go, all right, everybody, you sit over there, you sit over there. There's only nine of you. Like, is that really going to make a difference on the plane? The distribution of that. In some ways, yes. I would say in this particular example, probably not. Without knowing, uh, yeah, all the, all the was, like I said, all, we'll we'll call it twenty people, and then they were just like, all right, fuck it, let's just. And they were moving people, <laughs> right? And I was like, I think we're in trouble, like, and I was very nervous about the the, the amount of people that flew, right, on the plane because it's one of those planes that if it goes missing, <laughs> you know those conspiracy theorists they sure. go, well, I was only like. 20 people <laughs> you know what I mean and because then you get the conspiracy theories like well you know a plane wouldn't take off if it only had 20 people <laughs> and I was always one of those cons you know not I was never a conspiracy theorist but sometimes I'd listen to a guy and go like yeah that makes sense right, that, right. Yeah, that, 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 yeah why would you spend thousands of dollars on launching a plane but when you said they might need that plane in fucking absolutely Philadelphia, in, in, in Phoenix sure or whatever. It's very much a big picture thing. Like, here's another misconception. Like, I don't have a route. Right. You right. know, You're not a UPS I hate guy. that question. You know, I don't hate it, but it's kind of entertaining. Right. You know, when you tell someone a pilot, you tell somebody that you are a pilot, and they say, oh, really? What's your route? And I'm like, well... Uh, I'm based in JFK, so my route is the Bell Parkway. Right, <laughs> you right. Know? I mean, you it's know, like I'm someone, not like the Orlando guy or the Fort Myers guy. I just Yeah, go. it's like I can't fly this route every single day. All different places. Yeah, I guess. Cause like, it's like when someone goes to a comic and they go, you know, oh, you, what's your skit? Did you yeah. your skit? Yeah. I, I, I don't Tell know. me a joke. Yeah, I don't know anyone who likes a skit, like likes <laughs> that word at all. Um, but also, too... Um, is there certain places now that people are not allowed to fly to? Like, is 
Yeah, I, yeah. There are certain places now that are that are shutting down. Um, but in the country, I mean. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that don't want non-citizens in their country. I mentioned the Dominican Republic is 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 okay. on their way to that. Um, I believe Barbados uh, starts tomorrow. That's the West Indies, right? That's considered. Yeah. Barbados. Uh, like the like, Leeward Islands or the Windward Islands. Is it I part can't of the remember British which ones. It's way down south in the Caribbean. Okay. It's almost uh, kind of north north of South America by just a couple of hundred miles. Okay. Uh, Barbados has restrictions in place. Trinidad and Tobago have restrictions. Aruba, um, Turks and Caicos, um, I think Bermuda. There's a lot of the islands that you know my company serves and the other airlines serve as well that are definitely, you know, Restricting travel. What about in 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 flight? I in the states, is that what it's called in flight? I guess. What do you mean in the United States? Within, within, yeah, within. No, no not crossing water. I guess. Uh, no, there's no restrictions right now currently in the United States. I mean, the president has gone on the record as saying, you know, you shouldn't travel unless you have to travel. But right, um, you know, people are still traveling. They're still you still rent a car, right? Hearts and Enterprise. And those oh guys yeah, still yeah, going. yeah, yeah. I had to rent a U-Haul truck the other day to to move some furniture. So, right, like uh, yeah, a man yeah. U-Haul truck. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, man. And a question I've always, I think we've talked about this off off air uh, many times, so I don't want to come across, I've seen been on guys' podcasts, and I'm like, I'm going to ask you about this, and I want you to <laughs> act surprised. I don't, I don't want to be phony. Um, but we have talked about this once at the back of a comedy club, um, or maybe in a car. We were driving somewhere, maybe from the city, and you said, and I asked a question about when the pilot lands, when the plane lands, and everybody applauds. Do you guys like sit there and just nod and go, yeah. Turn to your co-pilot and go, yeah. All right, Timmy. Yeah. We, that's for us back there. We, we fucking nailed it. We, we fucking killed tonight. We just hit it out of the park. That's for our... Like, do you guys ever want to go and take a bow? Oh, guys, you're too nice. No, thank you. Thanks so much. You know, when we're sitting up front, I might have a good laugh about it. But when I'm... <laughs> you know... It's like, oh, they clapped at that? Dude, that wasn't even a good landing. Um, but when I'm sitting to the back of the plane and they do that, especially if I'm traveling in uniform, which sometimes if I'm non-revving somewhere, it's easier to travel in uniform. Right. Or if right. I'm deadheading, which is an airline term for the company, you know, bought me a ticket to reposition me for the next trip that I'm going to fly. Sure, sure. Um, so if I'm sitting in the back with the people and they do that, I'm in uniform, I kind of cringe a little bit because it's just like, <laughs> oh, my God, you know, you're clapping because we did our job, you know? like right. Like, I always used to think that I would sit on a plane, and I fly a lot, man, and, and it's when they, cl- when they land and everyone claps. I'm like, he didn't, he didn't do a fucking loop-de-loop. Like, <laughs> if he does a loop-de-loop and backs that shit in, I'm like, sure. I'm like all right, sure. then, yeah, that was fucking amazing. That was fantastic. But like you said, man, just to do your job, like, I get yeah. it that, like, oh, yeah, well, he got us here safe. Yeah, he got himself there safe, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I don't want to stereotype, so I'm not going to mention any particular demographic, but there's people that live in certain parts of the, of the world that are more prone to clapping uh, for a landing when a pilot lands than Really? Yes. Is that true? Yes, that's true. Like, if you're like, oh, fuck, I got a flight, and I'm only making this up. I, I mean, they're making... to Ohio now, sure. and, it's, and it's like, oh, I heard these are the clappers. Uh, maybe, yeah. I really? mean, for, for your example, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. I mean, there's just... 
certain groups of people, I, think, I don't know if they're, they're just more religious or they're more nervous flyers. You know, they're uh, making the sign of the cross while we're taking off. And then when we land, they're like, yeah, you know, and they're like having a celebration back yeah, there. Yeah, when I, when I see someone make the sign of the cross when we take off, I look around and go, all right, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Because yeah. if this shit works, I've never once heard of an accident where one person made it out. You know what I mean? It's either all or nothing. That's true. Right? It's never yeah. like, I look over and go like, all right, well, we're covered for that now. Because if this shit, if her plan works, then we're all fucking good. A like, bunch of you aren't going to make it. We're all going to be fine. Yeah. We're all going to be fine. For sure. And here's another thing I, I wondered if you hate, because I fucking hate it being a comedian, the the funny stewardess. Again, I'm using the word, or the, the flight attendant. <sighs> yeah. Uh, when they come up and they do... I remember I was flying to... This time I was go, definitely going to Orlando. I was going down there. I was doing some gigs down there. And I said, you know what? While I'm down here, I'm going to go to Disney. Right? So I'm not like... By myself. Sure. Don't give a shit. Yep. You know, I'm a big Disney fan. Oh, yeah. And then when I get on the plane, again, I'm not going to mention in the airlines, um, you don't work for this one. So I'm just, but if I say it, it kind of gets eliminated, starts eliminating, <laughs> eliminating people. Um, and the guy gets on and he just trying to be funny and everyone's dying laughing, right? Everyone's fucking hysterical laughing. But I'm thinking to myself, like, and I, I said this on the way back out loud. I swear to God, Tom, I went, I just went to, to... No, I flew into Fort Lauderdale, not Orlando. Okay. Let me take that back. So I flew into Fort Lauderdale. And I remember just being annoyed about a lot of things. A lot of things that went on that trip. One of the shows, uh, which I think I told on an earlier podcast, where I saw Johnny Cash impersonator fight with Elvis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like a literally story. a physical yeah, yeah, fist yeah. fight. And Keith Richards was breaking it up. <laughs> so I flew into Fort Lauderdale. I met up with a friend of mine, Eric. And we hung out for the night in, in just outside Miami. Which was a shit. It was fun to sit with Eric and eat, but it was a sure. shit kind He's of atmosphere. He's got a nice car, right? Yeah, of course he does. Eric is a good guy. So then we, we, uh, we're flying back and I'm sitting there and the guy's cracking these jokes and everyone's laughing because he's a hack and everyone loves a right. good hacky comedian, right? Right. And I literally went out loud like, he's not even funny. Oh, you said that? Out That's loud. awesome. I was, I was like, he's not even funny. And then, <laughs> People kind of looked over at me. And one woman kind of like, like, how dare you? And I said, it's not her fault because she's enjoying the show, right? And I went like, I'm coming back from Barry. At the f- this is funny because my dad wasn't dead at the time. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, uh, I'm coming back from burying my father. I got to listen to this shit. And the people around me were like, oh, fucking hell. Like they got serious, which is kind of true. I thought like, what if you're coming back? You just want to have a, co- your job is to fucking get me there. Give me snacks. Yep. That's all I paid for. Don't get it. Like, I don't have to, because it's a captive audience. Yeah. Right? If you're in the DMV and all of a sudden someone comes out of the microphone, Beek! so what's the deal with traffic? Right? <laughs> like, fuck you. I came here to get my likes. I didn't need to sit, like, when a comedy show breaks out. So if I'm on a plane, I don't need you to fucking try to be funny when you're clearly yeah. not. You're, yeah. Because not everybody's going to Disney, mate. I get this. Right. The kids on the plane right. and you want to be funny for them. And But like there's other people who go down to Florida. Chances are there's only two reasons to go to Florida. To bury your old relative <laughs> or to go or to, go Disney to fucking Disney. And they're not right. going to Disney World now. They're not going to fucking Disney now. So most likely their old relative has the coronavirus and they're going down to... So you, know, do you no, guys, like, kidding. if you hear that, I mean, I know you, you're, maybe your airline doesn't have it, but would you just roll around? No, roll? some of them, uh, some, some, some employees try to be funny and uh, do I think get, do, you have to, do you have to get approved for that though or no I mean you're always putting yourself out there if, if you're making a public address announcement and it's all recorded so if you see something inappropriate you could certainly get in trouble for it right right uh, but there are some employees that try to be funnier than others or that think they're funnier than others and some of them are but 
Some of them aren't. And uh, it's really like a question of knowing your audience, like you just kind of alluded to. And it's also a question of like, that's not your job. I mean, right. some people do it, I think, to make uh, nervous flyers feel more comfortable. That's that's a fair point. I and I think some like people that. are receptive yeah. to that. I never looked at it like Receptive that to it for that reason. Uh, believe it or not, there's actually pilots that come out and make stand-up public address <laughs> announcements. I've done it myself. <laughs> Usually, <laughs> usually when I haven't been on stage in a while, but it's not like it's not like a hacky routine. It's just more like you know interacting with people. It's more like okay cheesy crowd work, you know, from your, from your pilot, you know. But uh, it's like I'll do my normal announcement and I'll see like people rolling their eyes or like somebody looking at me really intensely, and I'll be like, you know right. what I'm saying? Four B, you know, seat four yeah, yeah, B. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, right? You crack them, yeah. Kind of point them out a little bit and uh, put them nice. on the spot. But I don't know. It's so anyway, it, it, I, but I'm very cautious with it. And some people, when I fly with them and I tell them that I, you know, dabble in stand-up comedy, uh, the first, one of the first things they like to ask me is, "Oh, do you do you ever do that? You know, do you do your shtick? You know, out yeah, the, the uh, in, into uh. the cabin? You know, do you ever make a, like a stand-up PA to the to the people in the back? You know, you tell some jokes." I'm like. Not really. Not what I talk you know? about. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do? Whine about my divorce? They want to know. I see you come off stage. You go, Tom, I got to hug you, man. Are you all right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think if you did that act before you flew, people are like, yeah. Eek. I think either, that, either that or they'd be like, oh, another pilot getting divorced. Big deal. Right, right, That's not right. funny. That's like, you know, stereotypical. But I guess what you're saying, though, like about they record everything, like, and, and we live in now in a cancel, cancel culture, yeah. right? That if you come. See, here's the thing. Like, I could easily get on the phone and call up that company and go, you know what? and lie and lie I was coming back from my father's funeral and I didn't appreciate the humour that's not their job and you know what would happen because we live in a shitty world today we do live in a shitty world in relation to how we're entitled and I think people should turn and say excuse me yeah shut the fuck up we enjoy the bad jokes sure. right sure. instead of saying that they would probably cancel it and like you said a lot of people do enjoy it because a lot of people are most people are laughing yeah so I'm like well he does obviously I'm the asshole in this scenario like I know I'm the asshole no 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 you're you're not because you're you're a professional comedian and it's and it's hacky material right and a lot of times people laugh at hacky material but right. that doesn't mean that it's funny but I'm still an asshole for trying to for wanting it to stop when everybody's having a great time <sighs> you know what I I mean, eh, that's that's you know your your idea of fun is different than other other people's idea of fun. That's all. That doesn't mean that you're an arsehole. Yeah, but you wouldn't. Stick, I, I don't know, man. I wouldn't go stop it. Like if I'm at a bar, right? It's a summer bar, and out the back they have what's that fucking game they play where they have a, cornhole. Is that it with the ramp and a hole with in the it? Bean bags and you throw the bean. Yeah, bags yeah. And you're yeah, drunk corn, and cornhole. Yeah. So if I'm at the bar talking to my friends, I'm having fun. Sure. But they're at the back playing cornhole game. Like, I'd be an asshole to go, shut that down. They go, why? <laughs> Just cause. <laughs> like, but that doesn't make any sense. Because I'm an asshole and I want everybody else to not have that kind of fun. What are you, in third grade? You're playing with a beanbag. <laughs> right? That's that's what I'm trying to say. So, But in that, in on the back of that too, right, with political correctness, I, I was flying to Ireland uh on the, I can't remember I went back when my dad was sick before he passed away I went back so many times between go back to say goodbye to him while he's got his wits about him mm-hmm. come back home fly over there for his funeral fly back home um, so I'd been going back and forth so much that we were was on one of those four trips and uh, not to go into a, a Greg Giraldo bit here at all but we were all sitting there and the plane was getting ready to take off and all of a sudden we're like uh, hello everyone this is Captain Sheila and it was a girl it was a female 
and everybody kind of like, and I'm, dude, I don't give a fuck. You can call me sexist if you want to. I don't no, give a shit. There was probably some me. gasps, right? Everybody, not gasp, but everybody kind of looked around like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hang on here. <laughs> like, but I get it. Like, yeah, women can do everything men can do. But everybody was like, whoa, this is, I'm okay with this. Yep. Like, and they were forcing this acceptance out, but I just thought it was fucking funny. Sure. Do you guys have many? We do. We have quite a few uh, female pilots, and, and, and my company is very, very much encourages uh, women in aviation as a, as, a, as, a, as a group that, you know, encourages women to get involved in aviation. Actually, a good friend of mine, I, I did a Facebook Live earlier today. Her name is Joanne uh, that I work with, and she's uh, a flight attendant, and she's learning how to fly, and she just got her private oh, nice. pilot's license. So big moment uh, for her. She's excited. I but like that, There's man. a lot of women pilots I, I now. think that's great because re- really all it is, and I'm, please do not take this as any, like, I'm downplaying what you do, but re- when I say really all it is, it's something I don't think I have the the educational and maturity to learn to do it mm-hmm. um, is to, like, you're basically kind of just following procedure, right? You're moving a machine. And I think anyone could do it with the right maturity. Like, I'm not, I'm, my ADD, if you start to explain to me, I'd be like, no, I'd be flying. I go, look at that, a seagull, right? <laughs> I'd just be the wrong person. So, I mean, all joking aside, like, yeah, fuck it. Why? And I flew a plane. That, let me take that back. I went up in a plane in a two-engine plane, two propellers. Right. And the guy was like, so for, here's what happened, right? I used to work with um, with uh, a big bank. I don't want to say it just because of the story. Because only not because I don't, I don't give a shit about the bank, but because it highlights the guy I was with. Okay. And he was this older gentleman, <clears throat> and he was a very valid customer. And I used to work in Farmingdale. Okay. In Farmingdale, Long Island. Yep. And he goes, he was trying to give me this big business account, right? And he goes, I want you to sit with all my partners. We'll go for a meeting. So I got to go ahead for my manager. Like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Do it. Do what you got to do. So Farmingdale Airport has offices. You know, most airports oh, yeah. have offices. People fly in. They rent out the office. They meet in the fly out again. Sure. So he goes, meet me down the, the office of Farmingdale at 5 o'clock on Friday evening, whatever it was, so in the, during the summer. I go, yeah, man, no problem. So we walk into the office. And then we walk through the office door out onto the runway. And I'm like, wait, where are we going? Like, this guy is 80 years old. We get into a fucking plane. And like, we're that, rude, we're that polite that we don't even speak up. We go, wait, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, where's the pilot? So we get onto the runway. And I'm like, all right, I guess we're flying to Connecticut, which is what? 45 minute flight, if that? Oh, not even, yeah. Not 20 Probably minutes? Probably 25 minutes. So we get into the, into the I guess, is it the cockpit? It's only the only plane. There's only like four other seats behind us. <laughs> And we're waiting to take off, and he reaches under. Was he the pilot? Yeah. The old guy. The old guy. Okay. And he reaches under, and he pulls out this manual, <laughs> drops it on his lap, and he starts. And it was like the manual of playing. I go, It's a checklist. And I go, Mate, listen. That's, <laughs> I think it's a bit. You know what you're doing here? Really? You're taking the manual out right now? And he just started laughing. He goes, No, no, no. What happened was he bought a new GPS. Okay. And I guess airports have a certain code. Yeah, yeah. Right? He's so, programming it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just, he hadn't transferred all his numbers over to the new GPS yet. So he was, in the back of the manual, he wrote like probably Connecticut F296, whatever the fuck it was. Right, right, right. And so he just kind of started laughing. So we took off and he's like, hey, do you want to steer? So I'm like, all right. And it's not like a car. Slight turn left, slight turn right. It's like you got to yeah. lock it. Again, I know it's like lock it. I was like, he goes, just go to that big batch of clouds over there. And I was kind of like <laughs> figuring out. And I was like, I was like, fuck me. This is hard. It's very sensitive. Yeah. It's not even like soft not, hands, man. Very man. You're not even. St- <laughs> but then I we're kind of sitting there and me being a comedian. I mean, at that time, of course, I was still a comedian, but I was kind of, you know, I was banking. And I remember I kind of leaned over and it was just uncomfortable silence. And I said to him, I said, you know, 
I said, you could just tell me to blow you right now. <laughs> and I'd have, I'd have no choice. Like, I'd have no choice because everything. And he started laughing and reading his story. He goes, he goes, oh, that's funny. He goes, but seriously, suck my dick. <laughs> I was like, fuck. <laughs> I was like, fuck oh my me, God. man. He was right. I was like, shit, the fucking power he has. So before we change topics real quick, sure. I've always wanted to know. Captain Sully, hero or not? Absolutely hero. All right. See, I, I would. I don't know if you ever heard my uh, my joke about that. I would talk about. Uh, I think I have, but the, refresh the, the my joke. Memory. The, the joke was. I mean, I can I can give it away here. It's not like fucking. I'm gonna be doing stand up for a while. Uh, it's not like it's gonna be on my Netflix special anytime soon. <laughs> but it was the the premise of the joke was uh, how people give too much praise when it's not warranted. Right. right. It was like Captain Sully is a perfect example. And I, when I, everyone I say that, people go, what the fuck? Like, people got mad at me in the audience. And I go, like, you know who the real hero is? I was like, the people who take off, the brave men and women who take right, off right. every day and don't hit the fucking geese. That's a very Trump thing to say. Right? Yeah. It is a Trump thing to say, right? I like airline pilots that don't crash. <laughs> they you know? dodge the geese. The geese, <laughs> we got the best geese in the world. They dodge the plane. Um, so, yeah, and I always thought, like, and then, then I was like, eh, really? Kind of landed it, like, and like an ignorant piece of shit that I was and a dummy. <laughs> And then this sounds like such a douche thing to say, but then when I saw the movie, which apparently was very accurate, yeah, because the reason why I kind of not that I know it was accurate from what I read about it is that when they kept showing the accident over and over again, I was like, "Wow, you guys are really fucking playing this on a loop," which means they really tried to get it as accurate. I was like, "Fuck me, man! That man really was a hero mm-hmm. to to do that." Yeah, now, they, had, they they had two pilots in a simulator, and they were trying to, they were attempting to recreate. They were actually. Uh, questioning some of his actions and saying that he could have handled it differently which right. clearly he couldn't have he right. handled that as best as he could i mean everybody walked away or swam away or floated up onto the top of the wing you know what i mean and got rescued nobody lost their lives that's unheard of in in, in most scenarios like that dual engine failure your two hundred thousand pound airplane is now a glider and you're yeah, gliding fantastic. you have no power you're at 3,000 feet and you've got maybe I don't know five or six minutes Jeez. before you're impacting the earth how smooth is that glide at 180 miles an hour how whatever. easy is the control on a glide again I'm not it's, saying it's I'm not, fairly it's fairly easy but okay. you know what you just don't have a lot of time to make your decisions it's falling fast right oh yeah do you feel that you don't really feel it. I mean, it's it's, it's pretty quiet. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and, and they started the auxiliary power unit to, to get some of their electrical power back uh, so that they could still communicate with air traffic control and, and things like that. Um, but you, you you just don't have a lot of time in that in that type of a situation. So it's all just reaction. And air traffic control was asking him, hey, you, you got this airport over here. You got this airport over here. Can you make it here? Can you make it there? And he said... Nope, <laughs> we're landing in the Hudson River. Jesus, that was Christ. the only thing that he could have done. And and what I was uh, trying to get into before is that in that movie they were you know scrutinizing his actions, and they had pilots uh, in a simulator attempting to recreate, and and they did the exact same scenario that he faced, and those pilots in the simulator crashed like sixteen times in a row. Now surely there was no pilot, and they knew what was going to happen. He didn't know. He didn't know he was going to run into a flock of birds. Yeah, yeah. You hit the birds, and now your human reaction time is yeah. So the guy, you know the guy in the simulator, is taken off, knowing what's coming up, and right. he just yeah. But here's 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 the thing too. He what I noticed um, 
with with the movie aspect to which to make it very Hollywood. First of all, I'm assuming every fucking pilot was on his side, right? I'm sure there was no pilots going, what the fuck? I, you know what? Oh, if that no. had been me, if that had been me, I would have got everybody <laughs> home with hot dogs. <laughs> everybody would have been fine. It would have been home in time for dinner. And I would have cooked the dinner had it been me, right? Because some of them, some people are like, I'm sure every pilot was 100% on his side. But for the purpose of Hollywood and see if to, tell me if this is right or wrong. They made it like there's like the, the 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 company was the enemy, like trying to get him. Would that have been the case, or is that just Hollywood? Because they have to have a bad guy, right? I think that's you somewhat Hollywood. You though. can't just say the, who were the bad guy, the geese. The one had a patch, and he was a terrorist. <laughs> fucking, <yeah. laughs> you know what I mean? Just an evil, an evil geese. Just ah, it's you, sir. Fifteen forty nine. Get him. There he Come is. on, guys. Come on. I need all fifty of you. We're taking out both motors. Come on. Yeah. Um, I think that most companies would support their pilots. Certainly, right, a situation right. like that. So in but the movie, they, like they, they were trying to, like almost yeah. like a prosecutor, we're going to get you for this. Oh well, no, that now that's not the company. That's the NTSB. Who are they? That's the National Transportation Safety Board. It's it's kind of like an independent body that sort of works in concert with the FAA, Federal Aviation Administration. Um, uh, what the NTSB does, they're not really a regulatory agency. They make recommendations to the FAA, which are very strongly uh, considered and, and most likely followed. Okay. Uh, but they, the NTSB is also responsible for all investigations of uh, aircraft accidents and incidents. Okay. So they're they're very heavily involved in an aircraft accident. They compile all the data. They look at everything from. Um, who the pilot was on the phone with that morning, how much rest he got the night before, certainly require mandatory drug and alcohol tests. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they look at uh, the data in the flight data recorder from the aircraft for the cockpit voice recorder in the aircraft. And these investigations take 12 to 18 months, usually on average really? before a final report. And sometimes it takes that long just to get a, pre- a preliminary report issued on an aircraft accident. Certainly one of that magnitude. Uh, I'm not sure how long that one took to get the final report, but, but it probably but, took at least a year and a half, maybe two years. But not to make it Hollywood, like I'm sure those guys even doing their job would have like kind of been on his side, right? Knowing that he, oh yeah, he intent. I mean, the movie makes it out to seem like that that oh, Sully, you fucked up, and we're gonna get you. Yeah, but they, I, you could, I'm sure in the real world they're like like this guy reacted is how he felt in the time was right. Sure. He wasn't reckless. He just. Maybe he had five five avenues, but he went down the wrong one, kind yeah. of, right? So, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't hear too many negative press uh, as far as what he did and what he could have done differently. In fact, I didn't know that there was any sort of negative scrutiny until I saw that movie. Right. The only thing I heard, and I don't know Chesley Sullenberg. What a great name for a pilot, right? Yeah, right. Chesley Sully Sullenberger. Just you know? see his mustache. <laughs> what a mustache, right? You know, without that mustache, would it have been the same outcome? You wouldn't. You would have taken the name Chesley away from him. I don't know. I don't know. He would have been, been afraid of those geese. He been it's all about the mustache. <laughs> but you know, I have heard from people maybe that have flown with him or new people that had flown with him that apparently, you know, he was a bit of a you know, a stickler in the cockpit or maybe a bit of a dry personality. And, you know, pilots have very different personalities and and very, very unique individuals. Sometimes you hit it off, you know, person to person with the guy or gal that you're flying with and sometimes you don't. But uh, certainly in this case, a guy like like Sully who was so down, you know, all business and and maybe a, a dry uber professional right I mean we're all professionals but you know what I mean I'm, I know I'm, what you mean I'm a bit of a goofball maybe compared right, to Sully right, we'll right. just put it that way but uh, he was he was definitely the right person to be placed in that situation and, and 
I don't. Th- I can't think of a single thing he should have done differently. Yeah, man. When I but when I go on stage, I always joke about the opposite of how I feel. I really do. Like for me to go on stage and go, ah, Sully's not a fucking all. He should have done hit the fucking geese, right? <laughs> and I think I play devil's advocate with my material all the time. But I never set out to like attack anybody or insult anybody. But dude, that man to me. Oh no. Like I. I mean, what's the equivalent for that for me in my job? A heckler. Like how did I handle that heckler? Right. I mean. It's the same thing, man. And, yeah. I, and I feel like nobody can do someone else's job. And it's amazing. Even now you see it, right? People yelling abuse at other people who can't, you just can't do your job. Like mm-hmm. you can't, like bad service I get. Like I, I was at some smoothie place the other day and they were only allowed to have five people in the building, which is fine. I'm all for it. But I was the only person in the building. <laughs> and there was seven kids just standing around the back working there. Just like, I'm like, how, it's a smoothie. Like, it shouldn't take me 19 minutes to get this fucking smoothie. You're all right. standing there doing nothing. Right. But to turn in and say, like, yell at somebody for doing their job, especially as fucking high, sure. as high and as advanced and as important as that job. I never took your joke that way, by the way. Oh, your, no. Your joke about Yeah, because uh, you know me personally. Sure, you know sure, I've sure. No, I got no hate in my heart for people sure. when I go on stage. I, but you're in a comedy club also. And when yeah, I go to a comedy club, I like to laugh. And some you people have to understand, take it a little too seriously, sadly. I get But sometimes you have to understand, too, that if it's part of a fundraiser, the people are not there oh, for yeah. the comedy. Like yeah. I'm a, I love comedy. Right. They're there to raise money, if it's right. a, especially if it's a fundraiser on a, on, a, on a certain night of the week. And everybody in that room is there to support the cause. And if they get entertained, then that's an extra bonus to them. But they like to think that that ticket they bought will go towards a sick kid or the baseball team or, mm-hmm. or raise money to send for this guy who's not, you know, this woman is traveling somewhere, we're going to help her out. Um, they're not necessarily there like, oh, this comedian's fucking great. I love, you know what I mean? Sure. So that's why I think some people who don't get stand-up, they, uh, they, just, they just get their own agenda. You very rarely get people offended on a Friday and Saturday night. Yeah. It's very rare. Very, very rare. Especially the happen. late show. Especially the late show. But that's, you know, but that's whatever it is. They just don't listen. Yeah. It's a late show. But just to change gears on this real quick. And sure. This is something you and I spoke about a while ago, a long time ago. And I've always put it off. I see right now you're wearing everything. is fucking hunting gear from top to top to bottom. Yeah, the Under Armour logo on my hoodie. You can't even see it, right? Right. Yeah, it's camouflaged. <laughs> uh, so you and I talked about, like, helping me get, like, get involved i actually wanted to start hunting yeah right uh, yeah it's uh, I think now more than ever it's like you know what like if this shit got i mean i i, I ne- trust me let me say this up front like i don't believe this shit's going to get out of hand sadly people are going to struggle sadly people will lose work but i think we will definitely recover from it right but the worst case scenario i always wanted to learn to hunt because Number one, I was wanted to eat my own food, eat my own meat that I caught, yep. that I was able to take down, uh, that I was, you know, like just have that connection with the food. Or number two, uh, just in case shit, the wheels do fall off. I'm like, you know what, kids? Daddy's got you. We're not going to have mac and cheese for a while, but fuck it. I can get a fucking squirrel coming up a tree. I can go get this. There's so many wild turkeys out on Long Island. There's sure. so many. Sure. There's so many deer out there. And I was kind of, I always kind of, I, I procrastinated. I procrastinated a lot of things in life. And now it's come back to bite me on the ass because I wanted to get new equipment and you can't get into dick sporting goods. You can't because the, the lines are wrapped around the door. Right, right. My concern was always like about the initial killing the animal. The first shot. Because, like, I love animals, but I also yeah. love meat. And it's kind of hypocritical of me to kind of, like, I eat meat. I just don't want to, like, I know where it comes from. Like, I, it's, like, it's it's dumb of me to shut that, that put that wall up between me, me, the meat that I love and where it comes from. Right. So, if you were to recommend, like, someone to start, what's the first game they go looking for? Type of animal? Yeah. 
Uh, well, I mean, if you're going to have a problem with the morality of it, then I would pick the animal that you hate the most. Okay. Steve. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing like a good, well-done Steve. <laughs> fucking, okay. No, I, but I, I like all animals. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Yeah. Um, well, deer is definitely the most popular game to hunt on right. the white-tailed deer. Okay. Um, last time I researched it, I think we had 35,000 in Suffolk County. Jesus. That's a lot of deer, right? What are, what are their names? <laughs> Well, you know, Prancer and Dancer. No. Um, you know, the, 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 the most important reason why people hunt, besides the meat and, and right. consuming it, is uh, it's an effective way to manage the population of an animal. Sure. Uh, to manage the herd, uh, so to speak. Right. And, and that's a very, very big benefit of it. So. Yeah, see, for me, I don't care. Like, you could have a million deer, like, everywhere I go. I'm like, oh, fuck me, deer. Like, I don't, because I genuinely love to be around animals. I really right. do. Like, my main purpose to want to start hunting. I might not start by that. For all you people, like, oh, Mick Thomas, I thought you were a nice guy. <laughs> um, is because I'm, I'm, I'd be hypocritical if I, if I just ate meat. And I, I think it's something healthier about go and get it yourself, too. Yeah. And my, my, you actually were the one that kind of made me, I said, here's what I'm going to do. I said, I, like, Tom, bring me some deer, like, to, to eat. And if I like the taste of it, then I'll, I'll, maybe I'll invest. But if I don't, I'm like, what the fuck's the point? I'm just going to shoot an animal for no reason. I actually liked it. You know what I was able to do, actually? Because I meal prep and I had a bunch of steaks in Tupperware, right? Yeah. Ready for the week. All marinated. It's before I start, I stopped marinating my steak and certain things. Right. And I had the deer meat in one of them, and I couldn't tell the difference. Mm, yeah, between steak and the deer, most people couldn't. Right. Um, and, and anyway, I was such a loser this year; I didn't even harvest a deer, so I couldn't give you any deer to. Uh, well, actually, I think I did give my, you some from. You gave me uh, some deer, but remember, I from last my, my daughter wanted a skull. Oh yeah, that's that was. I Could knew there was a, a loser component of some yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And, and not only did I, oh, boy, I wish I had harvested a few deer this year to be better prepared for the uh, coronavirus. Right. Now, why didn't you? Was it just because you didn't go out as much? Uh, no, I went out plenty of times, but you know, it's just. Some days you see them and some days you don't. And, and uh, the days that you do see them, you might not have a good shot. Uh, and you shoot with a bow, right? Not a gun? With a bow. Um, I, I have I have harvested deer with shotgun, but that, Long Island, it's only one month out of the year. Uh, so sure. I'm, I'm pretty much exclusively a bow hunter now. Do you go out of New York? To hunt? No. I was talking to a guy. You have to be licensed in uh, whatever state you're hunting in. I'm only licensed in uh, New York. Can you just apply for a license in another town? Uh, yeah, yeah, but you may have to take a, like in New York, for example, you have to take a, a hunter education class and a bow hunter yeah, that, safety class. That's where it got me. I was like, I was going to do it. And I was like, oh, I, t- I just figured like that you and I could go out and let's get a deer. Right. And then you're like, yeah, you got to go to a class. I'm like, That's like me with comedy and not going to open mics and uh, things yeah, like that. Yeah, but I'm like, I can't go to a class now because <laughs> look, how, look, look how old I am. Right? No, you can go. There's probably people older yeah, than you. Yeah, but when I go in there, like, anyway. it's got to be children who and and probably the females who want to go out. Like so, like and people would look at me like, but wait, you're supposed to be a man, alright? Like, but you're 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 already a man. I go, well, apparently I'm not. I don't have the <laughs> I don't have the piece of paper for it. Um, they'll they'll be guys that are your age or older. You think so? They'll be guys that are your age with their sons, perhaps. You know, I wouldn't let that hold you back. Another thing, kind of, there's two other reasons why I don't you get material out of it for sure. Probably right. <laughs> I don't want to yell at it or scare away the game. But there's two other things that kind of always held me back. Um, number one is like when you kill the animal, like you don't just fucking throw it over your shoulder and bring it back. Do you? you got it? 
and then bring it to a butcher. Is yeah, that right. Yeah, uh, I field dress the animal. You know, you how do you do that? What is well, that? It's, exactly? it's very elaborate. So first of all, you want to make sure that you're taking a good shot. You want to you want to you want to harvest uh, the animal ethically. So you okay. want to make a good shot, uh, respectful. Hit basically. the vitals, you know, okay. so that the animal doesn't suffer. And then, uh, you, in the case of a deer, you're probably going to wait at least an hour after you shoot to uh, start tracking the animal. And I hunt up in a what tree. Do you mean? 20 Tra- oh, you got to hit up. him, and then you go. Fo- you, you go, go from so you're sitting twenty feet up in a tree. You okay. Get a good shot. You hit the hit the animal. You, you take your shot. You kind of watch him where it runs. You you want to see if it ideally if it's going to crash down, and you know then you know you you want it down soon, right? Yeah, early. yeah. So then you know then you're going to go to now you're now you're almost becoming like a homicide detective. You're going to climb <laughs> down from your tree, right? You're going to go to the, the the site where you took the shot, and oh. now you're looking for blood, and now you're going to track the blood trail to where the animal uh, came to rest. Jesus. And so, if you make a good shot, it could be forty or fifty yards away from where you're sitting, and if you didn't make as good of a shot, it could be a quarter mile away from where you're sitting really? hundreds of yards away deer are incredibly strong and uh incredibly uh they're heavy too right tough i guess i mean some of them could be a couple hundred pounds the, the bigger ones so, so anyway so to answer your question when you do uh get to the, the to the animal and make sure the animal's expired you kind of poke it with a stick or whatever that sounds so childish. That sounds so, yeah. <laughs> Come on. No, he's not. Dude, get up. I didn't mean to hit you that way. Sorry. Oh, you're not even sore. You're not even real. You know, it's like Simba and Mufasa. Dad. Um, you know, so then, then you you got the animal. You field dress the animal or gut the animal to use the layman's term. So what do, you, what do you take out? Uh, a, a knife, you know, that you had. No, what do you take out of the animal? I'm assuming oh, all the, all the organs. That's you know, like the stomach, heart. Some people eat the heart, actually. Uh, some so you, people will no, take the heart. When you pull it out, you just lungs, liver, stomach. Leave it there. You kind of you kind of cut out the insides, and then yeah, you you throw it on the ground. Some people bury it. How long does that take to get done? Uh, if you're quick, I mean, I've seen YouTube videos. Guys do it in a matter of minutes. Would they put that on YouTube? I thought it'd be sure. deleted. Really, everything is on YouTube. Minutes. So you just slice it up, you pull it all out, and then yep. what do you do then? You and then you drag the deer out of the woods. You put it up on your shoulders, carry it. Yeah, I put it around like you know, like the Passover lamb on my. Uh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. I drag it along the ground. Uh, they sell. Uh, if you, next time you go to Dick's uh, Sporting Goods, they like sell. A sled. Yeah, like these little carts. So you uh, can kind of throw the animal in there and kind of like a wheelbarrow type yeah, of yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. apparatus. And how many deer are you allowed to bring home? How many are you allowed? Yeah. Well, you can shoot as many doe as you want on Long Island because right. that's how many there are. That's and, a male deer, right? No, no female. female. Right, yeah. yeah. Doe a deer, like okay. Sound of Music. I remember that from Meta Simpsons. Um, yeah, so uh, as long as you have a tag for the animal, okay. uh, you can harvest it. But typically two bucks, two male deer, Very and rare, as right? many doe as you want. So you then you, what, you take it to a butcher? I, I do. Some Some guys or gals butcher their own deer. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. They'll skin it and butcher it themselves. Uh, I'll take it to a butcher and have somebody else do it. It's usually around a hundred dollars. Hundred dollars, and you probably get what five hundred dollars worth of meat. Depending on how big the animal is, I would say roughly, uh, usually I'm half. Numbers if someone told me, that's all. You know, if it's not a if it's not a big deer, let's say seventy or eighty pounds uh, after it's gutted, uh, maybe half of that amount in uh, meat you'll get. Okay. So I mean, it's a lot of meat. If you think about like. I don't know how much is a sixteen-ounce steak at a, at a grocery store. Fifteen bucks. I don't know. But twenty bucks Something if you like get that. Red eye, nice twenty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So it it it's definitely uh, cost-effective to you know to kill your own uh, 
food. But How long would you get? If, let's say you, you got to buy a lot of equipment. You got to buy a tree stand. You got to buy a bow. You got to buy yeah. clothes. You know, so it's it's a bit of an investment, but it's it's so much fun. And even if you don't see animals, just sitting up there, yeah, you're kind of watching the world right? go by and the, and the, the sounds of nature and stuff. And you know, so do you, if you <clears throat> took let's say an, an eighty pound go by the number you said an eighty pound uh, doe, um, family of four, let's say just that's the average American family. How long are you feeding those people for? Well, if you ate it exclusively... Um, I'm not talking about the people who... I noticed some people that boil the bones up and all that shit. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about just getting the meat meat from it. So you're eating deer every night, you're saying? Yeah, let's just say you're going... You know, weeks, I'd say. Weeks upon... Wow. Sure. Because the butcher's going to give you all sorts of cuts. I mean... Yeah. And they'll, they'll give you whatever you want. Uh, I've got pork chops. Um, really? Backstrap is like the filet mignon cut on the deer. Um, you'll get tenderloins. You get like kind of the rump roast. You could put it in, you know, in your crock pot and make a nice uh, Jesus, you know, yeah. dish like that. You get stew meat, you know, like the chunks. You can make yeah. uh, stroganoff or stew. Um, you get chopped meat, so you can make meatballs, hamburgers, all chili, day. all from one deer. Ribs. Jesus, man. Yeah. And it's bone broth. You would love bone broth. I mean, being a healthy guy, you know, the, derive yeah, the proteins yeah. and maybe some of the... Uh, Healing qualities from the deer, you know, sure, some, sure. some Wolverine stuff here, you know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, so. the, and the and the last reason why kind of took me away from wanting to hunt was the clothes. Like people go too much with it. Like it's a little too much. Sometimes. Everything is camo. Like I was up in where was I up in Allentown, uh, Pennsylvania, and I went to Walmart there, <laughs> and everybody had it. Like every, like those babies in camo. <laughs> Like, babies being carried on the hips of mothers in camo. I'm like, where the fuck is your baby going? And then, like, I'm like, and why are you dressed like this? And, like, are we going to fucking take down an elk in the detergent aisle? What the fuck? And then, then I saw people, like, with cell phones. Like, they have that, that camo. Cover, yeah. And I said to one guy, I said it from the stage. He had it up front because it was in a hunting town. Great audiences. Right. And I said to him, I go, mate, what happens if you drop that phone? Like, how do you... Where do you get your phone now? You fucking need you. just dropped your phone in the woods. And you obviously have it on silent because you want to scare the animal. <laughs> yeah, right. right? So we, your phone's fucked now. You've lost $1,000 worth of equipment just because you wanted to fucking go, hey, guys, I hunt. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And then another thing, to, thing too, was like people with the stickers, they put a sticker of a deer up. Yeah. That always got me, too, because you put stickers of things you love, right? Like Star Wars, your family sticker, fucking the, 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 the Jets fucking baseball Yankees right right and then you put a picture of a deer I'm like what do you fucking do you love the deer because you're shooting it every day make up your mind it's like, controversial but most hunters on some strange level do love deer and it's it's very right, right. much of a respect thing which I get and I've heard that which is strange it's like I respect you so much that I'm gonna put an arrow right through your heart and you're gonna drop 40 yards from my tree and oh. then I'm gonna cut you up and I'm gonna eat you that's how much I respect so you. many people I respect Walking around right now, I would love to go and show my respect. <laughs> but at the same time, it's also like I respect you enough that I'm going to make a really good, clean shot on you. Right, right, I'm not going yeah, to, you yeah. know, uh, make a terrible shot on you so that you suffer. How did you? How did you feel your first first one you killed? Um, I was really excited. A, a deer. A deer. Okay. I've, I've never. I've never shot a turkey. I was really, really excited because it's kind of a big deal. You know, sure. it, it's hard. It's hard to hunt. It's it's it's. Oh, it is. I it's mean, hard I, to do comedy, by the way. You make it look easy, and you, yeah, you guys that are pros make it look easy. But like somebody like myself, like when I have a good set, which is like rare, you know, like you feel good about it because it's it's difficult. Yeah. You know? So it's a similar feeling uh, when you get a deer. It's not easy. Not an easy thing to do. 
They're they're very they're very, uh, they're very smart. Well, they don't look smart, but they are smart, and their sense of smell is yeah off that. the charts. I hear that. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, kind of where me farting in the woods. <laughs> it's gonna give it sound and smell. Gonna give us away. Anyway, a lot longer than we thought. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry man. about that. No, but no, I'm, no, ram- please, I'm I rambling. Fun. I had fun. This is probably my Likewise. longest episode yet. Likewise, uh, Tom. Thanks so much, man, for talking to me. I appreciate it, and I hope uh, with your job, um, everything doesn't affect you too much. Uh, you're a good man, but at least if all if shit hits the fan, you're the first guy I'm going to call for food <laughs> to help me save my family. Because I mean, if it doesn't grow in a supermarket. Then I'm, you know, because that was always my concern that like people just walk in the supermarket like, oh, that's where I get the food. Like, no, asshole, you don't know where it comes from. But uh, anyway, I hope things work out for you, man. And uh, thanks so much for being on the show. I thanks really for having it. me. I had a, a lot, lot of fun. fun. I had a lot, you, of, a lot of very interesting conversation. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Um, if you have any comments, concerns, like I said, send them to my Instagram page, Mick Thomas Comedy. And... Uh, We'll respond to you. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Help each other out there. Be good to each other. And we'll get through this soon enough. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks so much. Good luck to you now. Goodbye. This is Mick Thomas, G-Burn Therapy Show.